I am the host of this show, The Warrior Life. This podcast is a show about living the warrior life, a lifestyle that focuses on decolonizing our minds, bodies, and spirits, while at the same time revitalizing our Indigenous cultures, traditions, and practices. At its heart, my podcast is a celebration of who we are as Indigenous peoples, and also a celebration and recognition of the warrior spirits of our brothers and sisters out there making a real difference for our families, communities, and nations. And one of those trailblazing role models is Adam Beach. Yes, I can hardly believe it myself, but I actually got a chance to interview Adam Beach. Adam has starred in over 60 movies and TV programs, including Academy Award-nominated Flags of Our Fathers, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, Wind Talkers, Cowboys and Aliens, and Suicide Squad. He also starred in one of my favorite TV shows, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. And on top of all of that, he has his own production house and helps to mentor young Indigenous actors. Today, I got a chance to hear about his life story and the many challenges he faced growing up and in the movie industry. He also shared some of his stories about his strong connection to his Anishinaabeg identity and the traditional values and principles upon which he lives his own warrior life. Before, during, and after the interview, I noticed that Adam continued to emphasize how grateful he was for all the support he received from everyone in his life, but especially his wife and children. It was a real honor to talk to him. You could really hear the passion in his voice for lifting up other Native people, and especially youth. To me, Adam Beach is a true warrior. I hope you all enjoy this special podcast with none other than Adam Beach. Welcome, Adam Beach, to my show, Warrior Life. I'm really excited to have you. I'm a huge fan for lots of reasons, not just because you've been on so many television and, and movie shows, but also because of the, the trails that you're blazing for Indigenous peoples. You've You've succeeded not just on Canadian terms, but U.S. terms and specifically Indigenous terms. Like you're really representing our people. And, and so it's to me, it's really important that all of our youth who's really engaged on online social media and podcasts and all of those things get a chance to, to hear from you. So I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your background, like what First Nation or community you're from and where you were raised. Mm, thank you for that intro. I'm a fan of you also. As as you know, people are following your voice and the way you speak, especially as a woman, as a Native woman. Uh, we need um, to see more of our women speaking out about how hard it is to be Native out there. But for myself, I am... Um, a member of the Lake Manitoba Dog Creek Reservation. That's in Manitoba. And um, I grew up on and off the res. My, my, my mom and dad uh, uh, had built a house on the neighboring town called Volgar, mm -hmm. which is like a 10-minute drive. And, yeah, that's 
kind of where I'm from. There's a whole story behind that, but you know, we have so little time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so do you do you get a chance to maintain like connections with your family and community back home? I know you must have an incredible schedule. Um, is it hard mm-hmm. to maintain those connections? Well, I connect with my family uh, through phone and just uh, I. I kind of find out where they're at, what issues they have, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of um, preparing my life for them in a way in re- regards to building up my career to a point that when I when I come back home to help build the reservation um, or, or, you know, help them with their economy that, mm-hmm. you know, we'll both be ready to work together because um, there was a year that I ran for chief of my reservation and it didn't go so well. I I only got uh, I think like 40 votes and at a time I was really pushing um, economic development and really trying to champion our people Mm -hmm. and when I found that my community had told me that you know that uh, they weren't ready for me or or kind of uh, it was almost like my success was uh, was a little too much for change for the community um, that opened my eyes in regards to you know it's going to be a lot harder helping my community than I thought it was and I kind of ventured out into helping out um, the many communities that exist in North America. So I saw myself in a different leadership role, not mm-hmm. one that was just primarily for my reservation. So mm-hmm. I have a different perspective now of leadership and 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 doing things not just for your community, but for every other community. Well, I mean, that's fantastic because, you know, the whole political realm is just that it's, you know, it's very political, it's unpredictable, everything is about, you know, timing and what's going on at any particular point in time. But your point that, you know, spreading out and trying to, you know, take leadership and your message and and inspiration to a much wider audience, that maybe that was the path at the time that you were supposed to be on. Like, I can only imagine how many young Indigenous people have benefited from from hearing your voice, and maybe they wouldn't have had, you know, you gone down Mm -hmm. the political route, for example. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I have my my cousin, uh, Wab Canoe, who's now um, leading with the NDP, and Mm -hmm. he's doing his thing, and he's objected to... Uh, like he has a, a schedule that is just r- ridiculous where I'm like, oh, I could never do that. <laughs> I got to march to my own, my own tune and my own band, you know? Yeah. Well, and there's, you know, there's benefits to that. I mean, I ran f- for the national chief at the AFN and, you know, I only got 141 votes and the chiefs very clearly said, this isn't, we're not ready for a more radical path, but I consider that. You know, now a real blessing because Idle No More came after that. And I got to engage with our people mm-hmm. in a different way. And 
And then when I look at what the National Chiefs have to do and their schedules, I think just the same as you. No thanks. I kind of like my independence. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, you... it's. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I just wanted to comment that you know, a lot of our Chiefs, they have a difficult place mm -hmm. um, because of the issues that, that um, are straddling our. our younger generation when it comes to having schools, education, mm -hmm. housing, extra funding, etc. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have to figure out, you know, different opportunities, economic opportunities. And, you know, I, I, I feel for them when they're struggling to have to um, get people to listen. You know, it's almost like, oh, we'll give you this uh, to help with your water situation or your housing, it's almost like you have to sell yourself to to get the responsibility responsibility done by the government. Exactly, it's essentially it's a no win situation. Colonization has forced us into this scenario where the federal government basically extorts our consent in many cases. I mean. You, you have to agree with a federal policy agenda on one hand if you're going to get housing on water on the other. And the chief's primary responsibility is always to their people. And how do you win in that situation? So it's, it's not mm -hmm. an easy job. But, I mean, aside from politics, you're an actor and you're a businessman, <laughs> you know? And how, how did you get there? Yeah, um, I was kind of... <clears throat> had a, a belief that you know if I put my mind to it mm -hmm. and and study hard and try to figure out who I am I'll accomplish whatever I want to and a lot of that 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 motivation comes from the loss of my parents uh, my parents died when I was eight years old my mom was hit by a drunk driver she was eight months pregnant died in front of our house Two months later, my dad drowned, and after that, I had a um, uh, uh, a different outlook on life. On life, in regards to if I'm going to go do something, nobody can change my direction or tell me what to do because I lost the most two important people in my life. So um, I would be able to easily cast them aside if they had a negative approach to what I wanted to do, whether it was family or friends. So it kind of, that trauma gave me a certain strength to understand that, you know, I have to, I have to um, do it on my own and push harder than anybody has. And along the way, I started to understand that there's a stigma out there that, you know, Native people are unsuccessful or mm -hmm. Native people, you know, fall off the the ladder and I wanted to be that one who was going to challenge all those stigmas and and prevail and kind of turn around and point my fingers saying you know fooled you you know <laughs> and and now I kind of want to uh, as I look back to my success sex successes I want to be able to now reel in new successes and 
you know, build the Adam Beach Film Institute and 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 bring new Adam Beach people up the ladder, you know, mm-hmm. because we need to tell our stories and diversity is starting to open open up and you know, I'm facing challenges while I do that, but you know, nothing can be harder than what I've faced to where I am now, so I'm looking forward to all the challenges. Well, that's that's quite a perspective to have. I mean, I I can't imagine what that would be like to lose your parents at such a young age. I mean, it's that must have been so horrible. And the people you meet on a day-to-day basis who don't know your story, don't know the story that you come with. And, and I think it's so important for our youth to hear your story that your life isn't predetermined, no matter how difficult our circumstances are, that you manage to not just survive that as an individual, as a young person, but then to, to, to take all of that strength on the inside and do what you've done. I mean, it, it's absolutely incredible to, to, have, to have done all of that. And, and I think, you know, youth really benefit from hearing these things because as, as you are well aware, our youth are suffering in foster care or they are without their parents or they don't have a school that they can go to. And, you know, there's even issues like um, racism in society, things that are beyond their control. Uh-huh where teachers and people say, oh, well, they'll never succeed. And I'm wondering, like, what kind of message do you have for young people who are feeling like, well, my teacher doesn't think I'll be a success. My friends don't think I'll be uh-uh. a success. How, how can I go on and do, you know, realize my dreams? Uh-huh. Well, <clears throat> first and foremost, it's like everybody has their unique qualities in, mm-hmm. in in regards to dealing with trauma and the issues they face. Um, w- one of my things that I tell everybody is the strength that became me was, you know, when I first did my, um, uh, I did a, um, a, uh, uh, a group session called Flying on Your Own. And they don't have it anymore, but it was, it was kind of like this self-help group for for kids going through trauma and it was there I met um, uh, my future traditional teachers who were running the program <clears throat> and I believe I was I was how old was I man I don't even know how old I was mm-hmm. let's say I was 18 and um, I met a woman named Chickadee who um, who taught me my first traditional teaching about the grandfathers and how if I hold this stone <clears throat> while dealing with my issues of the emotions I have, whether they're good or bad, I hold that stone and I transfer those thoughts to the grandfathers and 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 they will help you. And it was the first time that I ever had a place for my emotions, but also was very receptive to what those emotions were, and where they were coming from. And I went back to, <clears throat> to see the group and said, I want to learn more. So finding my identity and who I was as an Anishinaabe um, from Lake Manitoba really 
made me walk with a sense of pride Mm -hmm. and a belonging because, you know, when I was working with Law & Order SVU, Ice-T said said to me, he is like, you know, you're lucky, man. I was like, why? He goes, well, every foot you, every step you take uh, uh, in your life, you're walking on your ancestors' lands. And I said, wow. And he's like, yeah. And he says, if I want to feel like that, I have to go back to Africa. And it, you know, those are those important, um, important information kind of self-declaration to say, you know, I belong here. No matter what anybody says, I am the original. I am... I am a protector. I belong. And, you know, I'm lucky that over the years I've met a lot of friends from different places around the world that remind me of that. But it was that first teaching that enabled me to search and find out to be who I am. You know, I have a phrase when I go talk to kids, to be or not to be Indian, that is the question. (laughs) Because for the last 200 years, people have told us to not speak our language, Mm -hmm. to not look Indian, to not be Indian. Mm -hmm. And we are dealing with the the repercussions. But I choose to be Indian, to learn my language, to try to self-identify. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not perfect. It's a hard lesson. I'm still Mm -hmm. learning all those traits. But along the way, you're going to be, um, you know, kind of starting a family and trying to, you know, get the family to understand you more and where you're from. And it's it's a lifelong lesson. It's something you don't learn now, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you have to kind of grow into it. Well, I think that, you know, that that story and that message is so powerful because if you think about our history of colonization and the message has always been don't be Indian don't be who you are you know be ashamed of who you are and that's just you know pounded into us generation over generation that the whole decolonization process isn't simply as easy as saying oh well we don't believe that anymore we actually have to believe the opposite it's not just about not believing that it's like what you're saying to actually be proud of who you are and you know grateful that we're still walking on the lands of our ancestors i think that's that's a really powerful message because i have a lot of youth that contact me and you know they they want to get back to their traditions and they want to be warriors and mm-hmm. and they're looking for you know messages like that 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 will take them forward on their own journey. I mean, think of all of the indigenous youth who live off reserve and maybe they don't have connections to their elders and they're in an urban context, but you know, there's just as many elders and teachers in the Mm -hmm. urban context. We just need to, to reach out and find them. So I find that, you know, that especially that story really, really powerful that we are still on the lands of our ancestors. Yeah, and right now it's like a lot of our our younger generation are getting information so fast, so quick. So mm-hmm. we have a, a new generation that is understanding the world better than we did when we were younger. Mm-hmm. So we have to, we as my generation, have to adapt to mm-hmm. who they are now because, you know, lectures aren't important to them 
No. Their lectures are on YouTube for five minutes. Mm -hmm. So we have to figure out, okay, how can I tell my message, you know? How can I tell about identifying who you are? Well, you know, if you look at a, a kid, you just say, well, you know, any of you guys have Pokemon Go? And they're like, yeah, we do. And I said, well, you know, identifying who you are and growing is just like a Pokemon. You know, you have to battle. You have to learn. You have to feed yourself these berries and you have to get mm -hmm. stronger. And then you evolve. And then your Pokemon will evolve a few times, you know. And, and as a trainer, you got to protect your Pokemon, you know. Yeah. And it's really interesting to just kind of find these ways to communicate with them because they understand that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and when they come of age, they will find those questions and we just have to make sure we have those answers, you know, and be honest with those answers mm -hmm. as opposed to just quoting what people have told you because, you know, my quotes, I try to come from myself. My teachings are from my experience. Mm -hmm. I don't tell people anything more than what, you know, what I know. And if I want to quote, say you, mm -hmm. I would say, you know, you should look into this woman who's doing great stuff and then they'll go search you and find you, you know, I'm only as good as I can be. And that's all I can give them. Because I'm still learning, like, like with my daughter and my wife, they're really teaching me about compassion and understanding how to, you know, when someone is crying mm -hmm. and they need a hug, I never knew that that's all they needed. I wanted to beat up the world for putting them in that emotional <laughs> state. So I got mad and upset. <laughs> and I, I'm like, just go hug her. She's a little girl. Just go Hold your daughter and say, it's okay, my love. And <laughs> I did that when, the first time I did that, she was, what, uh, eight years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm still learning all these these uh, uh, emotional states of being that you need mm -hmm. to have growing up, you know. And I think a lot of us forget about this important em empathy that mm -hmm. needs to be uh, that meets to be within family. It's kind of like everybody's on a remote control, you know, of, mm -hmm. of, um, say, um, yeah, uh, uh, you know, it's like, um, how important is our four directions, right? So you wake up and you kind of give your, your, your strengths and weaknesses to the four directions and, you know, and you're ready to plan your day and walk a good path on the red road. But if you can't give your, your daughter a hug when she's in distress, how, how much are you learning? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like this, this internal cycle that you really have to connect with. And those teachings are there to remind you that this is what you have to work on. But you really have to work on them, you know? Well, and so... Like, I'm so happy to hear that coming from a Native man because, you know, when people think about warriors, they think about it in the physical context. You know, you physically protect someone and you ensure their physical safety. But, you know, what we talk about on this show is also about, you know, what what's emotionally protecting someone or emotionally comforting someone. And 
um, that gets talked about a little bit less. And I think what you just said is a form of protection for your daughter when you wrap your arms around her and be there for her. That's that's mm -hmm. so amazing. And I think we need to really expand our ideas of what it means, you know, to be a warrior in our own individual context, but with our families. And I think the other thing you said that really struck me is the honesty part, because I don't know if you hear the same thing when you're out talking to youth, but I hear all the time from youth saying, I could never do what Adam Beach does. I could never do what you do. I could never do what Tina Keeper does. I could never do these things. That's, that's so much. It's too much. I just couldn't do it. And they don't understand that with all of that, it's not just you were magically born and poof, you became an actor that it's it's hard work and there's good uh -huh. times and there's hard stuff along the way that it's not just someone becomes an instant hero or an instant actor and the honesty part of it that the struggle that they're going through, that's part of it for all of us. Yeah, one of the most important things I've learned is to say no. And I've learned that at a young age because, you know, when you lose your parents, you're kind of uh, uh, quick to say no because, you know, people are like trying to nurture you, feed you, and are you okay? And it's like, no, I'm not okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And But when it came to my work and understanding what I had to do as an actor, I took the responsibility to say, you know what, I'm going to do the best I can, but I'm going to do it my way. So when someone approached me with, with a job, I'd be like, no, I'm not going to do it because one, I didn't want to do it. Two, I want to hang out with my family. Mm -hmm. Three, um, just, you know, they, they weren't respecting me, I guess, or, you know, you find yeah. the reason why not to do it. But when I was um, doing some of these films, I had a producer come up to me and said, you know, Adam, uh, I don't know if you know, years ago you said no to me on a project I was doing and nobody's ever told me no before. <laughs> and I was like, well, I didn't want to do it because, you know. And they said, no, we understood after we tried buying you out and you kept saying no. <laughs> and, and they said, because of that, we respect you so much for who you are because we know that you care about what you do. And if you're going to say yes, it means a lot to you. And I said, yes, it does. But, you know, I wish my first wife could understand it, could understood it because, you know, it, it might have had a little uh, um, friction on our relationship because of my, my ability to say no to work because... I should have been working more. <laughs> <laughs> well, sh should have been working more. This is coming from a guy who's done so many films and television programs. And now don't you have your own production company? Yeah, me and, me and the wife, uh, my wife, uh, uh, Summer, have uh, decided to create our own, our own, I guess, production house. So we're still trying to find a name, but um, uh, she's writing and uh, uh, we're both creating. She's writing and we want to do our own stories and tell it from our perspective. We want to prove that a native, uh, a female native writer mm -hmm. can 
be as good as anybody else. But we're starting to notice in the stories we tell that we we have a lot of um, work to do because there is this identity in Hollywood of who we are that we have to change. And when you look at all these films, there's this white savior concept that they believe in. And it's really odd when you look at the past historic films or past history of films when it comes to Native people. Mm -hmm. Man, they portray us as the weaker to the white man. Yeah. And, and it's ridiculous because when you look at who we are, and and find out that we have so much to offer when it comes to our spirituality and the connection to earth mm-hmm. and all things related you know it, it's it's we're powerful man we're we're really unique people and you know we have to tell our story from uh from from our weaknesses and from our strengths mm-hmm. Because when you put everything together, the concept is we're human being. And for some reason, people have put these images of you're white, you're black, you're Indian, you're Asian. Asian. And, and the perspective of that story is Hollywood. So they've put us in these little boxes that we have to break out of and create ourselves. And we're stuck into, say, Canada. We're stuck into a financing system that we rely on. So if they say, we like your story, we're going to take it from here on end. We lost our ability to make sure that our restructure is going to be done right. Because Mm -hmm. we have to follow those rules. I remember uh, approaching um, uh, CBC for a film that I wanted to do. And they have their rules and regulations like everybody else when you go through government financing. And I wanted to direct this this, uh, this, uh, uh, movie. And they said they apologize that they don't hire first-time directors. (laughs) And I was like, wow, man, that's going to be... It's going to be hard to break the system when you can't open that first door. So what I've done is, you know, I did, I, I got upset, but I was kind of like, well, I'm still going to do what I want to do. So I'm now going to direct an American film about native golfers. And, and it's a good story, but it's kind of like uh, 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 some of my friends that I thought were, were you know, uh, 10 years ahead of me in producing and directing haven't even got their start yet in regards to opening those doors. So wow. we're all frustrated, you know, yeah. and, and that's where we're starting from. So uh, me and my wife have decided we have to trust ourselves, who we are and that we have a message to bring. And we acknowledge, yes, there's a difficulty in financing but we have to restructure that also. So we have a lot of work to do, but we trust that our story is mm-hmm. redefining who we are, recreating who we are in the concept of white savior and et cetera. And, you know, we, we, we get really 
Man, you know, to bring up my boycott of uh, Yellowstone. Yeah. Uh, I was really offended that uh, a non-Indian woman was taking over a role that should have went to uh, 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 a real native women, woman. Of course. It, and then we proved that this woman was not Indian. We had the Cherokee Nation Eastern Band come back saying she's not, she's not a member, or she's not even on uh, a descendant. Mm-hmm. And she's still proclaiming whatever she wants to proclaim. And then we find out that there's these Cherokee uh, groups that you pay to be a part of them, and it's a fraud, but people mm-hmm. are still jumping on their bandwagon. It's ridiculous wow. what's out there. That's like, man. So, you know, I'm not going to be out there to police anybody yeah. on what they should do. But I'm going to call them out if somebody else approaches. Or even if I've worked with someone over the last 10 years and I find out they're not, then I'm going to do something about that. But, you know, it's it's changing on its own. They're going to be caught for whatever yeah. they want to do. But, you know, it seems like everybody wants to be Indian. <laughs> and well, I don't mind. Is, isn't, that, <laughs> isn't that ironic? I mean, the fact that things are changing is a double-edged sword. One, it provides us a little bit more room to maneuver and for you to do the things that you want to do and get the proper recognition. But at the same time, you know, there's always opportunists, especially in business and I'm sure in Hollywood, where, you know, you've got people trying to occupy our spaces, which would then continue to have a non-authentic voice. And one of the things I've really admired about you is, you know, your social media and lots of us follow you on social media you don't just stick to promoting your projects or you know talking about the the next movie that you're in you also speak to think real live issues that are going on you actually wade into the political and like you you know you called out this really horrible situation in yellowstone and i think that you know that's also what our youth need to hear that you know, it's not just, you know, go along to get along, but that we also have to stand up for ourselves. And and because I'm sure you know far more Native women actresses than than I do, but I'm sure there's more than a few that they could have casted. Well, what I'm doing with the Adam Beach Film Institute Mm -hmm. is to create that opportunity for others. So, Mm -hmm. um, with this golf movie that I'm doing, I haven't really told people. You're the first I'm really telling people that this is what I'm doing. But um, the cast that I'm getting, I want I want to have uh, so-called non-actors or um, or actors who haven't worked yet because I really want to work with them. I feel that I have this experience mm-hmm. that I could help our actors in a way that here, I'm gonna digest and give you all the answers that I can and and see how good you can be as opposed to them, you know, 25 years later gone. I think I found, uh, so it's kind of, um, you know, I wanna prove to people that, um, that I am working hard to uh, create this new talent. But you know what's cool too is that, you know, with my, my 
at Film Institute, we were able to build up our school in a way that you teach, you train, and we're able to get them these, um, uh, what do they call them, uh, job placements, right. where, you know, where they get paid to uh, um, uh, 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 work under a company a film company but the film company doesn't pay for it somebody mm-hmm. else does so it was really cool it was really difficult to get these kids placed into different companies because you know uh, uh, let's say APTN didn't have any room for anybody or right. you know or that media company what was great was CBC has now partnered with I think NSI and they have created their own native division and opened up CBC TV across the board to bring those kids to, to, to have the kids after they're trained, they can go be put into a workplace. And that's the one thing that's having a difficulty with. And, you know, some people were like, oh, Adam, aren't you aren't you angry that they're doing this? And it's like, no. I have this, I'm, I'm not in control of who gets what. Mm-hmm. It has opened up the um, opportunity for our, our kids to go learn, you know. And, of course, funding is hard. It's like, man, I nickel and dime to try to get the funding for my kids because mm-hmm. a lot of these big schools, like, say, NSI, uh, 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 Imaginative, like, they have the lock and key for all these funding. So a little guy like me trying to start my thing, you know, I have to, it's, it's like sharing that piece of pie and Mm -hmm. as little as I get, I'm using it as much as I can, but I'm happy CBC caught wind and they're starting their own little, a little um, incentive to further push our agenda. So it's, it's cool. Things are really, looking bright for our native students. Well, I, I really like that you're, you know, the, the other thing that you're doing with your success is that you're giving back. I mean, I just keep hearing from you over and over less about you and more about what you're doing for other people to lift up other people, to lift up women's voices or other native actors' voices or these, you know, kids and youth. like. That's that's a hard go because you also have this unfair burden of being this trailblazer and, and you know trying uh-huh. to make things right in Hollywood and here at the same time you're trying to lift up our people. So if there's ever anything I can do, you know, through my social media or anything uh-huh. like that to help promote or help fundraise for your kids or do anything like that please let me and everybody else know because this is the kind of you know native run native owned native passion stuff that i think these are important investments in our kids yeah it's um you know um i always believe that our stories we're 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 people of telling stories yep and and if you look at our teachings they come from those stories and they're really important stories Mm -hmm. so i'm hoping that we can uh, become a stronger force and change the stigma that people have on us and you know tell it through the medium of tv and film and um you know i believe that we have struggled in these 
last 200 years to maintain who we are. Yeah. But if you look at the circle of life, that is uh, the teaching in our traditions. Um, we have to get back to that that place of balance and and all human beings. Mm-hmm. So if it's going to take the next 500 years to reach there and realize we have to protect our waters, our land, and mm-hmm. respect them the way Anishinaabe people have, I'm not going to wait 500 years because, you know, I only have like 50 years left in me. <laughs> so I'm going to live that way now and yeah. I'm going to respect it and I'm going to honor it. And if you see the next pipeline protest or protect our lands and waters and we're being outspoken about it because we're trying to recreate that balance again. And, you know, now they're calling us terrorists. And it's like, for what? Praying for (laughs) the respect and protection of our water and land that we need? That is ridiculous. <laughs> oh my God, who is leading our people these days, man? It's, it's and you know when it comes to people are talking about the oil and and the reservations and yeah. the uh, uh, some of our tribes or or our leaders are saying yes to this pipeline. Mm-hmm. It's like you know they're sovereign nation; they could do what they want. Just don't make it look like every Indian in us yeah. wants to do that because, <laughs> you know, you you could be bought. I can't be bought. So, you know, watch how you express those voices in the media, you know, yeah. because when Idle No More came out, Idle No More represented a grassroots that nobody had seen before. Mm-hmm. And... Every leadership from the government to our own government uh, within the AFN and leaders across the country, they realized they didn't have the power. They didn't have the control anymore. And they got scared. Yeah. And we have to continue that grassroots. Yeah. Idle No More is still here and they rock. And we have to honor idol no more because they come from a respectful place and we all know a lot of our leaders in our communities are buying votes yeah. trying to maintain their control in any way and you know i never question a community for their leadership because that's their decision but if they're not kind of climbing out of their ladder then maybe they have to reconform and f- find new leadership within their community. And and it's a struggle. There's many avenues mm-hmm. that you can point at, but uh, um, there will be, be a time where, you know, the responsibility of our government will, will do what's right. And I hear that with the water yeah. stuff that's happening, that they're actually... They're actually trying to make that happen as, you know, water, clean water in all communities. Oh, man, that's a whole. I know. (laughs) That's a whole dialogue I can get into. We we could talk for a whole hour on that. But I think um, I, I think you really, you know, your point here 
is this whole decolonization process doesn't just happen overnight and our people have struggled for hundreds of years and now we're in this process of resurgence and revitalization and taking back our identity and there's going to be a whole lot of lumps along the way and i think once our leaders realize um and some of them are starting to that they can go out into a war with the government all by themselves if they want to but their chances of winning are pretty slim but if they have all their people behind them we're pretty much invincible so I think yeah. if, if we reunite our leaders and our people and all of our activists and our heroes together, you know, we got this and we don't have to wait 500 years. Like I, I'm with you. I don't want to wait 500 years either. So, yeah. Um, but a lot of people, if you look into the past history of, of uh, success, when, when people reach that recognition of success mm -hmm. they close the door behind them <sighs> and that is one of the, the 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 stupidest things that our leaderships can do mm -hmm. with like say you you're you're entering this leadership role or me as a leader mm -hmm. you know i don't look back to help out anybody because i want to keep this this crown i want to yeah. be the one recognized <laughs> this is my position yeah. now and it's like, get over yourself, dude. Yeah. You know, we need you to open that door and help yeah. each other up. Because I've noticed, especially in my world when it comes to writers, uh, 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 directors, producers, and actors, mm -hmm. we don't want to lose our part to that next person or that writer's better than me yeah. and i'm not going to open the door because they'll never work with me anymore so i'm gonna they're gonna work under my ladder and you know it's it's like oh my gosh we're we're, we're starting to fight each other in this yeah. world of make-believe you yeah. know <laughs> so i want to represent that person who when they come up to me and say adam do you want to do this role and it's like well not really i'll say no because I can. I've had a privileged life growing up. So when I say no, I'm not upset because mm -hmm. it opens the door for the next one who's waiting for their big chance. Chance. So now I'm able to create movies with my wife where the door's open for all these new actors. Mm -hmm. And this is a place I'm really comfortable with. And... Uh, you know, I'm hoping that it works out well, that I can just relax and watch the new stars grow. And I just kind of create the new message of who we are, you know. Yeah. We bring back the balance that, that's been needed for, for, for finding, for, for our young generation who need to know who we really are. Well, thank you for this, Adam. I mean, I, you know, I listened to you and I've, I've heard some of your comments and quotes in the media. And, and every time I hear you, that's, to me, you represent what a real Native warrior is about. It's not about protecting and just doing for yourself, but it's lifting up everyone around you, always focusing on the collective and, and what we can do to help us all move forward. And... And I, I know youth, when they hear this podcast, they're just going to be really excited to 
you know, to hear in your own voice what that means and how that's important. And it's more than just living for ourselves. It's really about lifting everybody else up and and you're already such a success. So so doing uh, this thanks, just man. yeah, I, I really, really admire what you do and what you stand for. Well, there's other people on social media who'll write to you say it, dig a grave and die <laughs> and I'm like oh my god this guy's a horrible life <laughs> yeah must <laughs> I don't answer okay. those guys unless I have an appropriate answer that yeah. kind of makes them stop, stop talking yeah well you know I had yeah. some wise advice from an elder they once said don't tease the animals so unless it's really mm -hmm. important to engage with the trolls I try not to <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty tough right now. Our youth are trying to find themselves and yeah. You know, we're still in the repercussions of of residential schools yeah. and that abuse and you know, I sometimes I go to a community where a kid'll hand me a letter saying, you know, thank you. Aww. Um for your words. I want to be Indian, but they won't allow me here in my home. Aww. And it's 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 troubling times but if I can help someone be Indian and uh, find who they are then I'm doing what I'm doing is right you know um, time heals and there's yeah. a lot of more time in my life to help out people well th thank you for this Adam and thank you for all that you do and like I said if there is ever anything I or anyone I know can do to support what you're doing to lift up these kids please just reach out and and uh, let us know because we're all in this project together Native Resurgence and and you have a pretty strong message to take forward and the fact that your project is about telling our own stories how couldn't we get behind that yeah, exactly. Yeah. So thank you again. Awesome. And I hope that I get to talk to you again in the future, maybe after um, your next project, and you'll come back and talk to me on my podcast. And um, I wish you all the best of luck, you and your wife and your family in this project, and, and, and stay strong. Yeah, I'll call you when, when we start filming our golf movie and have the, the cast kind of chat with you it'll be like a little happy podcast yeah that would be awesome okay i'm holding you to that <laughs> <laughs> all right cool all right